Hello, everybody. We are back again for another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. We are on the Easy Street campus in Center, Alabama. If you're listening to this the day that it lands, you missed bingo last night. Mm. Yeah. Bingo every Tuesday at Easy Street. Tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, Randy Baker will be live with his uh, guitar and his microphone. So I'm told. Sounds like a good time. Tomorrow, David Sanford will be here. We do this every week at Easy Street. We do all kinds of live music. Uh, Sanford is on Thursday. Preston Somerville is on Friday. And then on Saturday, make sure I get this right, them mixing boys. That is it. Is that correct? Okay. All right. We have a bowling alley now. Mm-hmm. We have a new manager. His name is Jason Van Troost. He is working on a new menu. I hear we're going to maybe make some uh, revelations about that soon, but that's all that I know right now about what's happening on the Easy Street campus. My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. I'm Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. Now that menu, is that for Easy Street or for the bowling alley? Easy Street. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. Other things happening this week. My 10-year class reunion is Saturday. Oh, Bless her heart. That's cute. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me think. Let me do the math. My 30 is coming up, or maybe it's already passed. I forget. Your 30th is definitely passed because Shane you. just had his. Okay, then it's totally passed. <laughs> but, no. I, I can't do math right now. No. I got knocked down a peg this past week when I was at the beach. We were at uh, Orange Beach, and we went to the Floribama. Okay. And, you know, we're standing, and we get to, like, the front of the crowd situation, and we're standing next to this girl. looks about my age. Mm-hmm. We're talking to her, whatever. She's uh, she's like, oh, God, how old are y'all? And I was like, we were all 28. And she's like, oh, gosh, but you look so young. <laughs> Wait, what now? <laughs> wow. I was it- like, I... I, I, I Oh, that's good. If you haven't learned enough from a a year and a half of true crime podcasts to make sure that she never said anything to anyone else again, that you're not doing this right. I was like, I I just, (laughs) and she wasn't trying to be rude. She was a nice person. I was like, bless her heart. I I don't know. Okay. Sorry. All right. Well, I've made a note of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the, where younger folks, you know, try to give you a, some sort of compliment and it just ends up insulting you. Even worse. I think she was like 25. She wasn't even like that young. I was so confused. Wait a minute. <laughs> Re- please rephrase. I mean, th- she wasn't even that much younger than I am. Okay, thank you. Like, it wasn't like she was like 19 in there like with her. she's half my age, so she's, yeah. yeah, she's a baby as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, should we just start this whole thing over? No, I think we're doing great. I just, right, I, I keep rubbing my eyes because I don't Why know. Why are you rubbing your eyes? I don't eyes? know what's in my eyes. I don't know if I've got some allergies going on uh-huh. or if I'm, I, I, I don't know. They're just itching. I'm allergic to you. That's probably Scoot it. your chair That over. makes more sense than anything. <laughs> well, I tried to scoot it away from you when I sat down, and you were like, Mo, Scott's scooting his chair away. Uh-huh. I called you out on it, didn't yeah. I? So maybe that was yeah. a good idea. This is all. what happens every day when Ugh. we start to try to record. There's 15 to, you know, 45 minutes of just... <laughs> <BS>. <laughs> Nothing that makes any sense to anyone except the three of us. Yeah. And we get all of that out usually before we press record but i don't guess we did today but anyway we didn't i'm i'm glad you had a fun trip katie i, oh, I yeah. know i've kind of been uh snarky about it in the past about <laughs> that's being, the last know. trip i've got planned for now oh hey, hey give her a week give her a week and we'll see if that's the last trip she has planned so last week i walked you through this convoluted story out of waco texas 
and opened up Pandora's box, so to speak, hoping that today in part two of the Lake Waco murders, try to say that real fast. That's really hard. Mm -mm. Uh, Katie is going to hopefully close Pandora's box and give us an ending to this wild story. It's a very, very um, detailed. And, And confusing. Yeah. But I went back and listened to it and I was really worried about all the names. We did use a lot of names. And last week. and I remember you guys saying, No, we're good. You it's I think you think it's confusing, but it's not. And you guys were right. When when I listened back to it, yeah. I could follow the names pretty easily. Okay. So um that was that was good. I always try to go back and listen to see if there's anything that we can improve. I think on. we all do. I, I Wednesday night is usually the night that I go home mm-hmm. and I don't do anything and I listen to our podcast that got dropped that morning by our producer Katie Mm -hmm. and that's when I take notes and think about things I wish I had done this differently or that differently or whatever and so Wednesday is when I do that Mm -hmm. I do that on Thursday mornings okay I have a long commute to work on Thursday mornings and St. Louis uh Oxford Chicago (laughs) I mean, that's a long commute. <laughs> that is a long that's commute. That's like 10 hours. This My commute is an hour. Okay. So it's perfect oh, podcast yeah. listening time. Wait, is that why we always do this at one hour at a time? Just mm-hmm. so that you can Just, hear the whole thing on the yes, way to work? To benefit me. It's all, it's all perfect about, sense now. It's all about me. All right, I'm stopping. <laughs> okay. Well, Scott, thank you for that intro and all the... Hey, we're going to... I all guess right, we'll see you at Easy Street this knock week. Knock it off. I'm already there. Mentally. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah, we know you are. <laughs> so everybody come on out and enjoy those, all the fun things we got going on. If you got the kid, the kiddos, you can drop them off at the bowling alley and then walk over yeah. to, the, <laughs> to Easy Street and mm-hmm. enjoy your dinner and we, let them eat some This has all been alley. planned out very specifically so mm-hmm. that everybody can be entertained at the Easy Street campus. Mm-hmm. It's all very close together. I can, I'm sitting sort of, to the side of the bowling. Our, this office is kind of in the back side. Mm-hmm. This is not an of office. This is a alley. studio. This studio. For the sorry. purposes of discussion. This is a studio. Yeah. But from the window, I could throw a rock and hit. Could you? And I'm, I yeah, don't you're right. throw you very well. Yeah, you sports I did, but I, I don't throw very well. Yeah. But but I could still hit it with a rock. It's that close. So. Well, okay. It's all right here. It's, it's a nice little thing if you're not from this area come mm-hmm. on and check us out and if you want us to talk about your business on our podcast <laughs> that can be arranged we can do that <laughs> we could spend all of this time talking about your business Very true. if you want to be a sponsor just email us at true crime on easy street at gmail.com nailed it mm-hmm. nailed it love it I did. how you did that i've been practicing all right i'm gonna not say anything else for the next hour finish this story guys i love it <laughs> that's right thanks katie Please pull us out of Alice's rabbit hole. Yeah, this abyss. Well, <laughs> we'll go back and remember that the case we're talking about involves the murder of three teenagers, Jill Montgomery, Raylene Rice, and Kenneth Franks. And we have four people arrested for these murders. We have Monir Deeb, the convenience store owner, we have, who we decided to call last week, just Spence, because he ended up having several different names everyone called him. Okay. So we'll just keep it simple, call him Spence. Okay. And then we have the Melendez brothers, Anthony, who went by Tony, and Gilbert Melendez. 
on November 21st, 1983, a grand jury indicts all four of them on murder charges. Uh, Spence and the Melendez brothers were already all serving prison sentences at the time. Mm-hmm. And Monir Deep, though, he is, he's not currently in prison on any charges, so he is arrested. Their trials begin in May of 1984, and the first trials that come up are for the murder of Jill Montgomery. So, you know, three different they, murders, they but do it's those all in separate sequence, trials. Right? They do separate trials for right. every murder victim. Which is not what happened in the Atlanta child murders case, which was different. But in this, they are, it's all separate. So the first trial we're talking about is for the murder of Jill Montgomery. And in the order of the trials they set them, it's going to be Spence, then Gilbert Melendez, then Tony Melendez, and then Deeb. So six days before Spence's trial begins, Tony Melendez pleads guilty uh, to the crimes and he's sentenced to life in prison. So he just straight out of the gate says, I did it. So Tony is visited a lot by Simons, who if you can remember from last week is the police officer who took the job at the jail in order to spend a lot of time with Spence and remind him on his part in this crime. Yeah, he kept telling Spence that maybe it was Chili, his alter ego, that actually was the evil side of him. I you know, remember because Chili he's a, from last week. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a cop, but then he's a jailer. Now he's a psychic slash psychological extraordinaire. Yeah, and, and just... He's one of those guys, like when we did the Beatrice Six, and we talked about this last week, who is just bound and determined to wrap this up in a bow mm-hmm. and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And Katie, go ahead. Well, Tony, in a written confession, says that he participated with Spence and Gilbert in, a, in raping and murdering of these teens. So six days later, we have Spence's trial. The state's case is based on the theory that Deeb hired Spence, who then in turn brought in the Melendez brothers, to kill Kelly, who was Deeb's gas station employee mm-hmm. that he had a crush on. He, you know, she, he, t- he had mentioned he had feelings for her. She did not reciprocate these feelings. He also, in turn, it comes to find out later that he had a life insurance policy he had taken out on her as well. Right. So, they theorized that he wants Kelly killed for the insurance money, but in turn, they actually mistakenly kill Jill Montgomery due to the fact that Jill and Kelly, they look kind of similar. There is a, there is some conversation that is had about how similar these two girls look. That is what Simons believed. The other officer who was involved in working with this, as some of the other officers did not see such a strong resemblance. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Simons did. And in turn, they had to kill Kenneth and Raylene because they witnessed the crimes and they wanted to prevent them from talking. Mm-hmm. There were seven different jailhouse informants that took the stand in Spence's trial. And then there was a, a big, like last week we talked about the bite marks. The, the mm-hmm, odontology. Odontologist, yes. Odontologist named Campbell testifies saying that Spence was the only individual to a reasonable medical and dental certainty who could have bitten that woman. Oh, that's certain. Wow. And that is very certain. If you mm-hmm. wonder how he arrived at this, 
Do you think he might have witnessed the body? Or went and actually looked at the back. Uh, well, cells. I would say he I would take a, a he would take a mold of the teeth, okay. and then look at the body and have the mold with the body to see the bite marks. If I were going to try to investigate this, but I'm no expert, not a doctor either. Well, it turns out he <laughs> he only used electronically enhanced autopsy photos. In order to view the bite marks, on electronically the body. enhanced autopsy photos from nineteen eighty what? Four. Yeah, I bet those what? were so clear. Let me make a let me make a prognosis about how clear those. Did photos anybody were. ever play any video games in the early eighties? Oh, I did. How how good was I that played technology? a basketball game on Atari, and you know what it looked like? <laughs> a stick figure dribbling a square ball. Did you play pong? <gasps> Yeah, that. It's it was like that except basketball. But yes. So I just bet these enhanced photos in the early eighties were just fantastic. Well, the defense called their own expert who said that the quality of the photos was way too poor to make a valid comparison. Well, I'm, you, you don't know what? say. I don't know who that guy is, but I like him already. <laughs> I want him on my defense team. He said that he couldn't say that Spence was the biter, but he also couldn't rule him out based on these photos either. Well, that's true because yeah. he is he is being fair. He's looking at it and going, I can't rule anything from this. Well, I can't rule out that that square basketball player on uh, Atari in 1981 <laughs> is Shaquille O'Neal, technically. But, I mean, I'm I pretty it, sure it's not. I don't think it was. I don't think it was either. <laughs> or Larry Bird. <laughs> the defense um, also stated that none of the hair or blood found at the scene was linked to Spence either. You know, like now, no, there's some real evidence right yeah, there. There That's was blood, real evidence. Yeah, blood and hair taken, and none of it could be linked to Spence. They also argued, since the prosecution, wanted, their theory was that Jill was killed because she looked like Kelly, and they mistook Jill for Kelly. But Spence knew who Kelly was. Yeah, because he hung out at the yeah. service station all the time. So yeah. there's a hole in your story. Yeah, it's not like he was a their, stranger. In the That's story. how Spitz and Deeb knew each other, is he hung out there all the time. And his girlfriend used to work there, right? Or did she frequent it? No, as it, well? was, it was it was whatever this little gas station was. Yeah, that yeah, that's Deeb's what I'm saying. Worked at or owned. Yeah, there were, the other things in this community were right around it, like the the place mm-hmm. where he worked, and it was all just a. So little, yeah, I think it was the place where his girlfriend was employed. They always was hung out nearby. there. Yeah, everyone he, knew everyone else exactly. Right. Yeah. So so he would have known. Hey, that's not Kelly. That's. Yeah, some other girl right. that I I don't know. I mean, I can tell the difference between the two of you. Both of your names start with K. You're taller. That's how I know the difference between the two of you. <laughs> yeah, I really. mean, there's some other. And your earphones are pink, and hers are black. <laughs> and, there's a little bit more of a difference. And I, I'm just but saying, I'm saying you're you're making a great point though. That there's thank you. yes yes right, I get I'm, I get what you're saying. I'm done. The insurance policy that Deeb had on Kelly was also the kind that. Employers often had on employees in case of an accident, and an insurance salesman testified to this fact in the trial. It was like, it's not crazy for him to have this type of policy on. The only thing weird, I think, about that was the fact that he had listed them as common law married, and they were not. They didn't even live together, so which brought more of a spotlight onto Deeb mm-hmm. when this was yeah, uncovered. Good point. Yeah. And timing yeah. was suspicious, I mm-hmm. will say. Very much. 
The defense had also hoped to provide evidence showing uh, that the crime could have been committed by two other men, uh, one of whom's name was James Bishop, a former Waco resident who had moved to California right after the murders, Mm. and then been arrested for raping and attempting to kill two high school girls on a beach. Well, that's very interesting. You know, there's a thing called victimology. Yeah. We learned about that, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. weeks back. Did we look into this guy? There's also another it guy. Didn't fit the narrative, mm. right? Well, there's it didn't fit the local police department's or Simon's narrative. It I didn't guess. fit Simon's narrative. And a man named Ronnie Brighton, uh, who had been seen in bloody clothes after a night fishing at the lake. <sighs> I don't know how many times you have to hook yourself with a fishing hook before you are covered in blood. I don't know, but we're going to ask Travis West that <clears throat> because he loves he to know. fish. Shorty, we're coming for you. We're going to ask you this. Travis will know. Yes, he will. Now, none of this evidence actually made it into this trial because the judge ruled that this evidence was irrelevant to the case at hand and refused to allow it. But the the fact of the matter is that this was out and about and nothing was ever looked into on these two possible suspects because they had four people arrested already for this, so they didn't go any further. I think if I'm investigating this, I'm very, very interested in at least ruling these folks out wow there's some some interesting parallels to these two let's at least look into this to rule them out let me ask a dumb question okay does it matter more in 1982 if you were with the local police department Mm -hmm. to get this case cleared up and off the books or to make sure you know who did it. I think what you're dealing with is Simons had become obsessed with this. He We've talked about this kind of thing before with the Beatrice Six. Yeah, he changed jobs. He Just took, to get in the jail. He took a demotion and a pay cut. So he could talk to Spence. It became his life. He was yeah. taking phone calls in the middle of the night. He was working this 24-7, in my opinion. And God love him for his dedication. He had too much invested to go a different direction. I think it was because of his obsession, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, you do have to have the the odontologist and the new yeah. DA and everybody's, you know, getting on board with this and it's catching. It's like a snowball right. and rolling again, downhill. Out there what's listening, that, this is 40 years ago. What's that country song? The snowball headed for hell. Yes. Like <laughs> I a, think that's... Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. I think that's... Uh, this habits. might have inspired... Old are hard to break. This this might I have inspired that song. <laughs> uh, you, you, may be, you may be right. <laughs> well, and let's not forget, too, the defense's case was already at a rocky start because Melendez's confession. Yes. And that played really the key role in Spence's eventual conviction. Eventual conviction. Do we think that he confessed because he he was afraid he was going to get the death penalty because of the other case yes. he was yeah. in jail for? I think he was so. just trying to yeah. stay alive. I absolutely think so. Okay, but yeah, because Spence is convicted and sentenced to death, death penalty mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. So next we have the other Melendez brother, Gilbert, in January 1985 also pleads guilty to the murders and he agrees to testify against Dave, who's going to be the fourth trial coming up. And like his brother, he receives a life sentence for his confession and not the death penalty. 
He writes out a 16-page confession. Deeb, though, continues to protest his innocence. He's like, I, I don't care what these people say. I did not do this. In this 16-page confession, did he spell out how he did it? He went through a lot of things. I didn't get to actually read. Any, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I didn't find it anywhere. Find it. But I think it was he told a story. I was just wondering if if there were anything he didn't get correct. You know, mm-hmm. we talked last week how they mentioned a vehicle, but the vehicle was purchased after the crime. Oh yeah, yeah that uh, station wagon that he mm-hmm. proposed was part of the crime. The guy didn't even. Even own at the time. Own it at the time. Mm -hmm. I think there were several things that didn't line up Mm -hmm. from what I could tell because the D, his trial is the last one and it lasts 12 days. There are 40 witnesses. Some some of those same jailhouse witnesses, uh, but the star witness was Gilbert Melendez who took the stand and said Spence had said D would pay them $5,000 to kill Kelly. And then they got it wrong and killed Jill. $5,000 $5,000 to commit a murder, but that's on another level. Uh, wow. He is found guilty of instigating the murders, and on March 14th, he is sentenced to death by lethal injection. Oh, my goodness. Spence goes on and has another trial for the murder of Kenneth, and that trial is just straightforward. It's his last one, and he's convicted and given another death penalty. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I read it. They... They were going to break those cases down and do them one murder at a time and convict you or uh, try you yeah. for each of Ever. those three murders, uh-huh. one at a time, all four of those yeah. Uh, and, yeah. suspects. After this conviction, though, the DA chooses not to prosecute further. So they, they leave that at that. But there are, um, of course, some appeals. Mm-hmm. Both Spence and Deep are still maintaining their innocence. Like they're even with the Melendez brothers confessing and saying what happened and testifying against Spence and Deep, they're like, no. So they in nineteen ninety one, Deep is granted an appeal and allowed a new trial. So nine years later. Yeah. Well I mean this happened on July the thirteenth, nineteen eighty two, and so nine. And his years trial later, was nineteen eighty four. Okay. Um, so seven years later. Yeah, so ninety one he's granted a new trial. And his new trial is in January of ninety three. And he wins and his conviction's overturned and he's released from prison. So that's, that's Dave Steve is the convenience store owner. Wow. Yep. And but the former McLennan County DA, uh, Vic Beasel. Fazel, Fiesel, I don't know. I, I, F-E-A-S-E-L-L, right? F-E-A-Z-E-L-L. Fiesel, let's yeah. call it Fiesel. I don't. Sure. I haven't seen it pronounced or heard it pronounced. He prosecuted him originally, and he said, and I quote, I am perplexed and bewildered, as I'm sure a lot of people are, but in my mind, this doesn't change anything as far as Mr. Deeb's culpability goes. So he's like, I don't care. They let him out. So regardless of what the facts are and the way the legal system. I'm not going to admit I was wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to admit I was wrong. He's still guilty, community. Yeah, that's it. Everybody treat him as such. Yeah, that's that's what I just heard. Mm -hmm. Spence's appeals are not successful. And in April of 97, he's executed. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he went through a lot of attempts to get his. I mean, he got involved with some. And uh, Katie knows this. uh, uh, those uh, 
pro bono places that try to get convicted murderers. Oh, like the Innocence off, Project and yes, stuff? And the Equal like Justice. Off of death row. Yeah. And they went through every single, they jumped through every hurdle they possibly could. She's going to tell you all this and I'm getting ahead, but no, yeah. No, no, you're good. It's everything they tried to do to convince reasonable, logical, normal people that this is bullshit. They didn't hear it. So how do you overturn Deeb? Exactly. And not Spence, if the whole That's story a, is... That is the best question that I've heard since I started this whole thing, because how do you throw his conviction out? And if he's part of a four-person conspiracy to kill these three people, right? how do you throw his out? The guy who had the plan guilty. And, and who paid everybody hey, to do it. You know what? That's Texas justice in the 80s. Wow. And I'm saying it. Hey, That's I, it. look, Scott said that. I don't mess with Texas. That is Texas justice in the eighties. <laughs> we are gonna we're, we're we're back on death row. We're gonna put as many death row inmates to death as we can, and these three are next. Goodness. Well, following uh, Spence's and Deeb's convictions, a lot of people began to question the the substance of the evidence on which the convictions had been based, mm-hmm. and you know the methods. <laughs> through which they had been obtained, you know, yeah. with Simons and the jailhouse informants. It's and- by evidence and jailhouse convictions by convicted felons that put them all on death row. Mm-hmm. Right. Forensic odontologist Homer Campbell, the odontologist that had testified in Spence's case, was proven to have made false assessments at or around the same time as this case and when a blind panel examined the alleged bite marks and the mold of Spence's teeth, two matched them to a Kansas housewife, and the other three could not match them to anyone's teeth. So I just want to say, good when homework, you, Katie Gibbons. That's yeah, awesome. that's 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 foul. good homework. When you say a blind panel examined these, mm-hmm. what you're saying is they said, "Here are the bite marks. Here are some teeth." Who do you think did it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Can you match this? You know this story. Can you, you know match what? this to anybody? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And nobody matched it. To Spence. To Spence. <sighs> Three out of seven of those jailhouse informers who said Spence confessed to them later stated that Simons had offered them privileges in order to secure their testimony, uh, including one that said he had fed her info on exactly what to say. Simon's walked one of the informants through the crime scene as a description and had him comment on the things that he thought he saw or remembered that he saw. And he just made that the facts. And he wrote that down and had him sign that. Mm. And that was his statement. Spence's lawyers also discovered another alternate suspect by the name of Terry Harper, who was a local black. He's described as a local thug with a history of knife-related offenses. Mm. Kelly, you'd have loved him. (laughs) Who witnesses testified to seeing in the park on the night of the murders. And others claimed that he had boasted about committing the murders. I just feel like we're in another scenario like the Alabama Zodiac where these kids were in a park and they were going to get murdered by somebody. There was about five people in this darn park. Waiting to just murder some people. You're not wrong. 
I just, mean, there's I a dude, about it like fishing that. dude in yeah. the bloody shirt. There's the dude who likes to stab people who's around. Mm-hmm. There's the other guy. Who's who's the other guy? He's got the, a thing for, you know, killing teenagers. Teenage girls who moved to California right after this. I mean, what the heck? Maybe this is why this park doesn't seem to exist in Texas anymore. Is it still there? No, I don't think so. Not Cone Park. Right. Yeah. Popped it up. Maybe the other park is still there. I don't know. Spiegelman. Spiegelman. Spiegelman Park. Yeah. I wanted to say Steppenridge. Maybe, but I, knew I don't know. Right. Cone no, is not there. Spiegelman. Spiegelman is, right. yeah. There's, these, these are just parks, public parks, city parks, community parks around Lake Waco. They were built after the lake was created in 1930. And so I mean, there are just people the hanging lake. out there waiting to murder people. Yeah. Insane. What the heck? Well, and then one of the victims, Kenneth Franks, he was later alleged to have been like an associate of Harper's, like in the drug trade, like, you know, kind of oh my gosh, so running thinking, drugs for him a little bit. So they're thinking maybe Kenneth was the target. Yeah. Or that's what Spence's lawyers were trying mm-hmm. to That's what they're digging to up. To say. With Terry Harper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, you, you picked a crazy I did. fucking case. Yeah, I did. And I, we could we could do this for 10 episodes. This is all of the craziness in this whole case. We could do all of season 3 just on this. Yeah, it's nuts. All anyway, right, so ahead. Katie, was there anybody else around that oh, could sure have murdered were. some people? <laughs> sure. Well, hey, stick around. We're still with Terry because the police actually talked to Terry. But he says he was at home watching Dynasty that night. Okay. I hated Dynasty. Well, that's another story for another time, but I hated Dynasty. Funny story was Dynasty did not air that night. And for people, for the younger crowd. That was Thursday. It wasn't, this isn't like Netflix or having, no, you know, what? recordings. <laughs> if it's not on TV in the 80s, you don't, you don't get to watch it otherwise. Nope. If you didn't see it the night that it premiered in the, mm-hmm. in the fall, you had to wait until the spring. And normally the summer more. was the time for reruns. You didn't have yeah. a show like Dynasty that's going to give you their brand new episodes in the summertime. Yeah. Summertime's usually reruns. And what you're saying is, though, on this particular night, on, what was it, July 14th? 13th. 13th, yeah. 1982? Not happening. Dynasty didn't the air. The new season had not premiered yet, and they weren't showing reruns. Dynasty was not on television. TV you 25 and 30-year-olds out there, out there who think that we're making this up, that is everything that Kelly Turner just said is totally true. So what did they turn around and say to him? Did they just say, oh, okay, you were watching Dynasty. That's yep. a good show. We love that. Yep. Just, oh, okay. At home watching Dynasty, which is a piss-poor alibi anyway. Because yeah. there's no one else there. Yeah. Because, yeah, because you named the TV show you were watching. Oh, you can't be lying. And a piss And there are show. no people there. It was a piss to say. show. Really, too. I, did, I hated it. I hated, <laughs> I hated Dynasty. How dare you, sir? Ugh. How dare you speak right. that? Dallas, yes. Dukes of Hazard, yes. Dynasty, no. <laughs> okay. The end. So, all right. So, we're done investigating him then. He was watching yeah. Dynasty. And that's really it on other people that they look into. Well, because they're, the Melendez brothers don't have anybody because they pleaded guilty. Yes. So their their case is not going to be taken so yeah over by someone. And it's there's a, no appeal. People, yeah. People are, you know, worried about Spence. We even have a wealthy Texas businessman named Brian Pardo. 
he meets up with Spence a few months prior to his execution, and he becomes convinced of his innocence. He launches a whole campaign to delay his death sentence so that a new trial could be done, but his efforts were, of course, unsuccessful. Uh, but he did bring attention to the case after his execution, but, I mean, it's a little too late. Yeah. It kind of it, it is reminiscent of, like, what Kim Kardashian does now. You know, she's big into overturning false convictions, and that's kind of like her whole point in wanting to go to law school at the moment. Hey, good and she's, for her. Well, she has got some good for wrongly convicted people They're out, there. out of prison. They're out there right she's now. She's got some pardons, and that's kind of what Brian Pardo was trying to do, but he, he I think he got to it too, too late. Mm-hmm. Did uh, Do we have any information on any of Spence's final statement or... He just yeah. was claiming his innocence to the very end. Uh, the very on the end. day that he died, he proclaimed his innocence. The last thing he said was right before they, uh, was it the electric chair or his injection. injection? It was lethal yeah, injection. injection. He looked to the crowd of the, there were people that were mm-hmm. members Supporters, of the families yeah. that he had supposedly killed. Oh, well, And yeah. said, I did not kill your children. Yes, that oh was, yes. Gosh. And one of the brothers of one of those girls stood up. I don't know if he stood up, but he said, just die. Oh, God. And he ended up regretting that. I know. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I'm not, if I'm not giving anything away. But that is terrible. Can you imagine being one of those girls brothers? Yeah. Can you imagine being a family member sitting there and hearing that because you can't get any closure and you're thinking this a-hole just won't own up to it. You're right. And that's what he thought when he said, you just know, die. He w- just just he die. You un- won't even give us the courtesy yeah. of knowing what happened to my sister, to my loved one, just die. You can see someone saying that, but you can also see later in life him really yeah. regretting uh, saying that to an life, innocent man, possibly. Later, later in life, Brad has regrets about what the last thing he said was to Spence. <sighs> and Kelly and I talked a little bit about this before we started. I mean, Spence was not an innocent person in general. No, like, you was, know, he'd already been convicted of other crimes that, yeah. but. He wasn't a fine upstanding member of society. Right. No, because but, if you'll remember. That make him a murderer. Yeah. Well, he, he and the, um, one of the Melendez brothers were already in jail because they had attacked a young boy. Remember I talked about oh, that yeah. last week. Yeah. And it was and a terrible. forced him to perform mm-hmm. oral sex on one of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah. No, well, well, they were convicted. They were that. convicted of that. Yeah. Okay. So not um, allegedly. And I don't know all the odds and ends of the evidence about that, but they were they were in jail already for that. So yeah. we were. Our point was not that you know this doesn't this still doesn't bring justice to our victims, right? Um, it just means that's why he was there and got pulled into this in the first place mm-hmm. is because because he was yeah already, he was already in, doing some terrible things. Well and again I don't want to say anything that's gonna screw up Katie's story, but Simons has this access to all of these convicts. Mm-hmm. And if you hear them tell the story decades later, they all said, hey, we told what Simons told us to say because he told us if we didn't, we were going to go to the chair and we wanted life in prison. So we would say anything. Am I doing this wrong? No, you're doing that great. I'm just so confused as to why they would believe him. Because if you're, I don't know, if you're handcuffed and manacled in a jail cell and they tell you, hey, you're going to the chair if you don't 
confess to this crime and then we'll give you life in prison and at least you'll be alive for the next 50 years. I don't know. How does, how does that work in your mind if that's the last decision you ever get to make about whether or not you're going to be alive or dead in five years? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but that's what these guys would ultimately say years later. Simon's told us what to say and we said it. Well, Gilbert Melendez dies in prison in 1998 from AIDS-related complications. So he dies with his story still out there because he wrote that 16-page uh, confession, you know, not that never, many years prior. He never recanted. Mm-hmm. He, he never recanted. Okay. And Tony Melendez died in prison January 13th, 2017. So he lived a good deal longer. That's so. It's that's what makes this so hard and confusing is because you have two individuals who have confessed, and then you've got the other two who are just adamant. One of them gets a retrial, or no, it's overturned. Yeah, conviction overturned, released. Yeah, but, but don't forget about what we've done earlier on this show, the Beatrice Six. Mm-hmm. We had six people mm-hmm. in Beatrice, Nebraska. And five of them confessed. Five. One guy, the guy from Alabama. You're right. Never. Only five of those six confessed, Mm -hmm. but adamantly confessed. And it was because if you believe their story, it was because, hey, uh, either you're going to go to the chair or if you confess to this, you get life in prison. Yeah. And that's, that is a thing. And imagine when you get to the point in your life, when you, you, uh, you've got two choices left. Mm -hmm. I can either die in the chair or die. By lethal injection. Or I can confess to something that I know for fuck's sake that I did not do. But they're going to let me live in this hole, this tiny little prison cell, mm. and bring me bread and water mm. or whatever. Yeah. Well, and, it, and with, the, with the Beatrice Six. What do you do? My, some of the, the individuals with the Beatrice Six had learning disabilities were were easily manipulated those kinds of things do you remember think that's we talked not the to, case with these people that we're talking about in Texas right now and maybe Texas just didn't care that's that's kind of where i was going i was going to say it would be interesting Sorry. to see if i don't know about the melendez brothers and i'm not trying to say that that there's something quote wrong with them i'm just wondering how were they at what level assessed. were they functioning and being able to yeah. understand what was being laid out in front of them? It's 82. They don't care. Well, I'll say, though, I, I misspoke earlier. Gilbert Melendez, did, I don't know if he, he didn't live long enough, I don't think, to ever recant his statement. But Tony Melendez did. Oh, Tony recanted. He said that his uh, confession was coerced by law enforcement. Uh, that doesn't shock me because we have a lot of other law enforcement coercing, coercing everybody, yeah. you know, here. What happened to Simon's? Oh, well. After this guy, after Deeb, his stuff is overturned. Do, do we not have something in place where we can say, hey, you know what, Simons, this is on you. Simons became one of the most well-respected officers in the state of Texas. Two years after all of this, he goes on to win Texas Peace Officer of the Year. Yeah, I mean, and let's not. Let's not take a dump on Texas, and because I'm inclined to at this point in this story, but let's don't because it was a different time. It doesn't make it right, and and maybe if 
has anything come along since then? And Katie, I'm asking out of total ignorance. Has anything come along to shed any new light on who may have done this with DNA evidence that wasn't even around back then, admittedly? Yeah, no. It was 88 I mean, before anybody was ever exonerated with DNA evidence in this country. People, I mean, you know, they they looked into all those other people very small amounts in the 80s, but after the fact, no. I mean, they had, and I can see to an extent, I mean, resource-wise, all these people are dead that already have been, so, I mean, you go on now and you're just, I mean, the state of Texas has executed someone for this. I right. can't imagine that they're really trying yeah. to decide. The case is closed. Yeah. So I don't know if there's even a pathway to look into other people when they, I mean, there was, the, his conviction was not overturned. You've got two men serving life in prison who have died in prison for this crime. Another man who was So there's no executed. living alleged perpetrator of this crime. Is that correct? Well, right. no, uh, but all four of these men are dead. They're all dead. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all gone. And and uh, Tony, yeah, Tony was the last was one. Was the last to die in seventeen. Yep. Mm. So Debs got off mm-hmm. because okay. he was found to not be part of the insurance scam that he was alleged to be part of. Okay. Spence died uh, by lethal injection or the chair, whichever. Mm-hmm. I guess it was lethal, lethal injection. Mm-hmm. And then Gilbert died in prison from AIDS and Tony died in 17 from natural causes or whatever. Yeah. So it's over. As far as the state of Texas is concerned. Mm-hmm. It's over. But do we feel like this is justice for our victims? No. I would I love to know what, and yet there's this one thing that I read. Uh, one of the ladies who was an aunt to one of the girls who was a victim was a pen pal of Tony. Is it Melendez? Melendez. Melendez. Mm-hmm. They were pen pals. And it's in the very end of that article that, that mm-hmm. you sent me, Kelly. Mm-hmm. They were pen pals for a couple of years or, or longer and got to know each other. I don't think they ever met, but kind of uh, swapped correspondence back and forth for some amount of time and kind of became, and I'm air quoting now, friends. Yeah. I think that at the end, this Mrs. Thompson, who was, again, an aunt of one of these female victims of this crime, did not believe that Tony Melendez was one of the perpetrators. Mm. Yeah. I'm not certain that... Sadly. Any of these people had anything to do with this. Yeah. If, if you're asking me my opinion, I don't... I, I think that the person who did this got off. Or, I think or maybe, fingers crossed, maybe he's an idiot. Maybe he's a career criminal. Maybe he's a bad person. And he, he, got in, he ended up incarcerated for something else yeah. and spent the rest of his life in prison. Not for the crime he committed. Not for this crime that he committed, but for some other crime. Yeah. So just hopefully. And, you know, the good news for the people of Waco, Texas, despite all of the other horrible things that have happened in Waco, Texas in the last 30 years, at least you don't have to worry about these people anymore. They're gone. Yeah. So. Ugh. This just doesn't feel. There's not a lot of closure there's, in yeah, this. Yeah, there's no closure here. No. This just this feels This is icky. your fault, Kelly Turner. This is my fault. You picked a shitty story. This is all my fault. And we're trying to mop this up and we can't do it. I know. I know. Ugh. I feel like we, we did get. 
got thrown his notepad. I feel like we we did get pulled a little bit out of the rabbit hole, and we we did get to an ending. I just don't yeah. think it was a very good ending. It just wasn't satisfying. We couldn't. Yeah, we just couldn't bring you. I don't feel like we brought you justice today. It was like the last bite of key lime pie someone had put salt on. Ugh, I know. Yeah, it did. It did. I blame you personally. I know. So, you guys, uh-huh. what do you think personally? I think everybody probably knows from listening to this. And, and Katie's even. Yeah, I've thrown mine out there. out there. No, she's already oh. stated hers. Wait, what'd she say? I don't think any. Any of these no, people I agree did with that. I was so. What was it? Was it a drug deal gone bad? Was it just a bunch of? I mean, there. Listen, between those three victims, mm-hmm. there were forty-eight stab wounds. You you split that by three, and it's sixteen apiece, which is horrible. And Jill's throat was cut. And Jill's. It seemed like you know. Even Simon's himself said at the beginning, it seemed like she was the focus of this crime because she was violated mm-hmm. more than the other two victims. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll never know, but maybe it was a drug thing. It was 82. Maybe cocaine was a big thing. Maybe it was weed. Maybe it was maybe a she random fought, crazy person. Maybe she got the brunt of it because she maybe fought back. Maybe, maybe she so. said something that they didn't like and they, you know. Yeah. I hope she got some good licks in. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I mean, this is what we do, <sighs> but every week it seems like we sit here for just a minute and go, Ugh, this I know. is awful. I know. And hope it's never any and, and I can't really decide know. from the from the other options what I think that is because they just weren't vetted. Yes. We don't have any information. I mean one dude left right after and moved to California. Right. Oh, raped, that's true. I forgot about that guy. Raped did he kill them? Raped he, two He went off to California and high committed school girls. Other, and uh, he attempted to kill them. He attempted yeah. to kill them. Were they stabbed? Any? Do we know? I don't know. We don't know because it wasn't vetted. Well, sexually, You know what I mean? Well, back in the day. We just didn't, we didn't look into it. Then, you know, I, I go back to. It wasn't a thing yet. Well, and that happened on a beach. So, by water. I mean, you know, both of these happened by water. near water. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and you think about uh, the dude who was fishing with the bloody shirt. We don't yeah. know any, I mean, we well, don't know what he was doing. Well, maybe he pricked his finger trying to bait a minnow. We've all done that. I think it was a lot more blood than that. Well, and that's, I don't know. Finger Maybe blood, so. I just don't think it's going to cover your I get it. whole shirt. I get No, no, I get it. I don't know how much blood again, was on that guy's shirt. Well, I, again, nobody does because yeah. you know what? Nobody does. We didn't look into it. Ugh. Yeah. So there we go. Let's do something from the 2000s next time. So <laughs> we know at least there's some DNA evidence because this is killing me. I know. We, I it know. seems like this would be so easy to solve if somebody had done... There's shit right. Just a little bit more. I think we all are in disagreement. I don't think we think that these folks did this. I think we're all in agreement that we are all in disagreement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that. Trey. Well, thank you so much for listening and being with us today. Katie, thank you for that, for you know putting dirt back in that rabbit hole. Ooh. Let's not go down there again. Well, that was a deep rabbit hole. Let's one. don't do that again. And I'll, I'll, I'll stop with this metaphor. <laughs> um, but... You better thank not you. ever. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Email us. I've already given out the email uh, at the first of the show. Like, rate, subscribe. Go to truecrimeoneasystreet.com and check us out. Yes, and that, that's all you need to know. You can get to, you can find out things about the three of us. You can get to our Twitter feed. You can get to our uh, our shows. Our show. Mm-hmm. Just go, go to, to truecrimeoneasystreet.com. You can check out our merch. I'm wearing it right now. 
Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. T-shirt. Yeah, go yeah. get a T-shirt, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We're off the rails. <laughs> All right, fine. Whatever. Good night, everybody. <laughs>